Hey, everybody, it's JT from Grilling at the Green. John Breaker and the great folks at Birdie Ball have a short time offer for all of you listeners. You just go to birdieball.com, and when you place your order, there's a place on that form for a discount code. Use G-A-T-G. That's G-A-T-G. Of course, it stands for Grilling at the Green. And you will get 20% off anything you order from birdieball.com. Now, it's a short-time offer. It expires in about a week, so you want to get on it. Go to birdieball.com, place your order, uh, use the code G-A-T-G, and get 20% off. You heard it here on Grilling at the Green. It's time for Grilling at the Green. Join Jeff Tracy as he explores the golfing lifestyle and tries to keep it in the short grass for the hackers, dew sweepers, and turf spankers. Here's Jeff. Just open up the door and let's take good times in. Hey everybody, welcome to Grilling at the Green. I'm JT and you're listening to us today on AM860 The Answer, KSEY down in Texas and a couple other stations floating around out there. This segment of Grilling at the Green is brought to you by Painted Hills Natural Beef, Beef the Way Nature Intended, and Ben Hogan Golf. Home of the Hogan Demo Program. No risk or obligation. Check that out on line at benhogan.com. Well, my guest today, we've met on Twitter. And uh, of all things, I've actually gotten a lot of guests off Twitter in the last couple of years. Uh, Keith Jarvis. Keith is a golf instructor back in New Jersey where they make salsa, I guess. Isn't that true? Um, but uh, I would say they make New Jersey gravy, which is like a like a pasta sauce, right? Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Well, anyway, Keith, welcome to the show. It's finally good to meet you in person. Thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate you having me on. It's an honor. No worries. It's our pleasure here. What, uh, what, we'll start at the very beginning. What prompted you and what was the impetus for you to get involved in golf? Um, you know, so this is kind of an old story that might be a little played out, but I learned to play when I was 12 years old. We lived in Colorado with at the time my dad was in the air force so we were in cheyenne wyoming for a while at the strategic air command base there in cheyenne at fd warren and uh, my mother uh, got remarried and his kids lived in colorado i think fort collins maybe and uh, my stepsister and my stepbrother took me for the very first time when i was like 12 and i i was originally from california so like i was always a skateboarder a surfer like I didn't yeah. do the normal things besides baseball. And um, at the time, I don't think we had tackle. But I did baseball and I don't know. That might have been about it. <laughs> yeah. Now they have everything. Soccer, lacrosse, this, that, whatever. But um, they took me for the very first time, I think mostly to embarrass me because they were both <laughs> like superstar athletes and they yeah. knew I would be crappy at it. Yeah. But I actually ended up being fairly good at it at, from a beginner. And um the high school I went to in California was right across the street from a uh, from an executive course. It was a par three with the range, and I used to skip some classes and go over there and hit balls and had this pro. And when you're when you're in your teens, you think somebody that's my age now like, is old, right? Right. And, um, he used to come over all the time and be and say, uh, "Hey, can I can I take a look? Can I give you some advice?" I'd be like, "Yeah, sure," because I'd just be down at the range just as they say, digging it out of the dirt. Right. You know? Right. And, um, and, uh, come to find out the guy was like a long drive champion in that area or whatever, and gave me a lot of advice. And I, I started getting better and better and better. And I knew that was my deal. So did you have aspirations to 
play on one of the tours? Did you shoot for that well, eventually? Well, I think at the time I didn't, but as I started to get better and I started to play with better players and then, um, uh, I got a job, uh, in the, in the, in the pro shop in, when I was in high school, uh, Marshall Canyon country club in California. Uh, so I was there for a little bit and we had a pro there that was a really good player, gave me some instruction and, um, I started to get better and better. And, uh, by the time before I was out of high school, I broke par for the very first time. And I thought, Whoa, maybe I could do this. So, um, that's kind of where the intention started. Like I thought, Hey, I could, I'm good enough to do this. I am beating most of my friends at the time. So I'm thinking I could probably do this. So. And then did you find out later it was harder than it looked? (laughs) Yeah. Well, doesn't, doesn't almost everybody, you know what I think, honestly, you know what I think, honestly, it comes down to the people you have around you, right? Even to this very day at 57 years old, well, I can't say that because my parents passed away. But let's just say, I don't know, back in, back in, back after I got out of high school, I went to Japan to play for two years. Um, but my parents were always like, when are you going to get a real job? When are you going to give this golf stuff up and get a real job? Everybody's, right. Everybody else is like, you know how hard it is out there to make it, blah, blah, blah. You know, I got a sponsor and went to Japan. How many people have done that? So it's right. like. I don't know, but, but, you know, honestly, I believe what they say about the fact that, it, that it just wears on you. If nobody else believes you, you start to not believe it too. And I think that's honestly looking back, I knew I could do it. Like I just, I had, I, I just, I knew it. And I, and I, at some point I had a hard time. I remember being at a, being at a tournament and not having enough money to get home, calling my parents, say, I need some money to get on a plane and like spent my last dollar to do it many, many times over, many times over. Right. Then I started working at clubs and, um, I spent a lot of money and time traveling all over the country, working with the best instructors in the world. Um, Hank Haney for one, Butch for another, Went down to see some guys at the Ledbetter Academy down there um, and many other big name teaching pros. Right. But um, it's funny. I talked to Chuck Hogan one time. I don't know if you if many people know who he is, but he was a he was with, he started Sports Enhancement Associates or something like that. He never liked to be called a sports psychologist. He's like a, I'm a sports. Um, I'm a sports. uh uh, dang, I can't think of the name that he actually used, but he helped people get better at golf. He coached a lot of tour players on all tours, Peter Jacobson, some uh, LPGA tour players. And we had a conversation one time and I said, look, I'm this guy. I can do it. I know I can do it. And blah, 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 blah. But, I, but I'm stumbling and I'm struggling and I don't know what to do. And he says, he says, maybe you'll never make it back. And I went, wow. Yeah. I didn't expect that. I didn't expect that from a guy like him, but it was a short conversation, but look at, look at the guys like Ian Baker Finch wins a major championship, never makes it back. Um, the list is long, right. number one in the world, you know, fell apart, didn't make it back. Now he's getting a second chance on the champions tour. I'm so excited about that. And I've seen him play a lot, um, in Atlanta. I lived 
in Atlanta for 25 years, but I, you know, am I running off on a tangent here? No, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. I, uh, I, I, I think will. It honestly, I think it honestly comes down to, it comes down to you. You have to believe in yourself, but you get beat up after a while when, when people that you think love you and would do anything for you and they have done everything and anything for me. But when they start thinking you can't do it anymore, you know, you start thinking maybe you can't do it anymore. So you get a job at a club, spending time around all the best teachers in the world. I became a better teacher. I taught for ESPN golf schools for about three or four years. Hank was the dean of instruction there. And I'd already been taking lessons since I was 17 out at PGA West. And then again, at his ranch. Um, and Tim Kuzik was his right-hand man out at PGA West. After Hank left, took a lot of lessons from him. Like, I knew I knew I could do it. Like, I was shooting in the sixties on a regular basis, but had trouble doing it in tournaments. Like it was harder for me. It's any type of competition when you actually get into it. Uh, I come from another sports line and I won't bore you with that, but I was involved in that for a long time at a professional level. And what, 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 what sport? I was with horses. We showed horses at at a pretty high level. Okay, but if you when that gate opens, it's just like being on the first tee. You get the jitters going in. And if you don't believe in yourself, that's one thing. But if you've got people that I don't want to say they're a little circumspect, maybe in their belief in you, they're they're trying to be like when the guy said, maybe you won't make it back. Maybe he's trying to be a realist, but when you're really, I think when you're really striving to try to get to that level, you need all the, you need truth, but you also need a lot of attaboys. But uh, what is the truth, right? What is the truth? You're the only it's, one that can you know, find I it. Coach, I coach a lot of kids in um, high school. I've coached some LPGA tour players. I coached a guy that was the leading money winner on the mini tours, like lifetime leading money winner. Um and I get these high school kids that come to me and they're like, uh, I'm like, so what are your short-term goals? What are your long-term goals? They're like, I want to play on the PGA tour. I said, awesome. Let's try to do that. You know? Yeah. It's like, I'm never the guy that's going to be like, well, do you know how hard that is? Do you know how many people make it? I don't know. I'm sure they have enough people around them that think that. So when they come in, I'm always like, okay, well, let's, let's see how let's, let's make a plan. Let's try to like realize that. Yeah, absolutely. You know? We're going to take a break. I, Keith Jarvis yeah. and I will be back. <laughs> Right here on uh, Grilling at the Green, right after this. Don't go away. Hi, everybody. It's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. I'm JT. Um, you're listening to us here on AM860, The Answer, Golf News Net, KSEY. Is it WEEU? One of them back there somewhere. I'm not sure. Um, for the guy in charge, I should probably know that. If you want to email us, it's pretty simple. Golf at SalemPDX.com. Also, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter and all, all that stuff. We're talking with Keith Jarvis today, my buddy from Twitter who's a golf instructor back in New Jersey. How is the golf in New Jersey, Keith? I mean, is it, 
I mean, you guys get weather similar to ours, but you guys get a little more snow, I think. But um, we've got so it's like 23 degrees, right? Well, it's 25 degrees right now. So there's no golf. Yeah, ours is uh, probably about 40 and sunshiny today, but tomorrow it's going to be 31. So there you go. Yeah, we're we're going to be down in the low 20s and 30s for the rest of the week or for a while. But um, golf in New Jersey is phenomenal. I mean, there's some of the most amazing courses I've ever played, and I've played a lot of those before I moved here. Um, I don't get around that much to play because I'm teaching a bunch, but um, yeah. New Jersey's this area is got some incredible golfers. We host a lot of tournaments here. I mean, yeah. think about what you have here. You got Beth Page in New York. Um, you've got um, Liberty National. You've got Pine Valley. You've got uh, do I dare say all the Trump courses? Bedminster, Trump Perry Point. Fine by me. Um, I mean, I I like my favorite course probably close to me which is still probably 40 minutes away is trump Ferry point it's one of the most phenomenal courses i've ever played yeah um yeah well uh, it, there's a lot of great golf up here the yeah. tri-state area in general like there's a lot of incredible players there's a lot of incredible golf courses up here incredible think about what's out in uh the hamptons you got shinnecock you got uh um i mean so many right yeah garden city men's club um i don't know there's a lot of incredible places to play well, out you've got sure. you've got a, a dense population overall i mean yeah. you've you got rural areas too but you've got it between uh you know newark and then across the river you got manhattan yeah. and all that stuff you know you got a big population around there so you have to have uh, you couldn't you could put it this way. You couldn't service all those people's golf wishes with three or four courses. It just wouldn't happen. Yeah. You know, it's just There's too- a lot of incredible places to play. Here. Yeah, absolutely. Keith, what's the toughest part? We've got uh, we've got a few minutes here before we have to go to break. But what's the toughest part about being an instructor for you? Um. Well, looking, looking forward on how old i am i think it's time right like i have to be there for every single lesson every day like i don't my students i don't pass to an associate i like i get people that even call me and like book a lesson like am i going to be with you like yep you're going to be with me yeah so i think i think when you think about making money in the bigger picture and i know a lot of people are starting to focus on group things because you can have more in a group, have less time, make more money. And I get that. I get that model. But um, for me, it's like when you think about how to make a lot of money in general, and this has never been about the money for me, obviously, because I do it every day. But it's like you got to figure out a way to make some passive income. So um, that's the hardest part, because I I don't like to give my secrets away too much. and um, and. I enjoy making people better. Like, honestly, besides being a, a good golfer at the time, maybe not so good anymore, yeah. but it's only, it's the only thing that I ever felt like I was good at, you know? And then, and then you have these rounds of brilliance when you're out playing with students or whatever. And you're like, you know, you shoot a little under and they go, wow, that's amazing. I've never seen anybody do that before. And you're like, hey, do I still have it? I don't know. Yeah. Chuck, Hogan's, Chuck Hogan said, I'll probably never make it back. 
you know sorry i just got a call i had to kick that out That's did you a, hear me yeah i heard you yeah, yeah you're yeah. you're all good you're all good so it's like you think yeah you think well it, you know i i thought when i was 50 i thought maybe i could do it one more time try it on the champions tour and then you got phil mickelson out there winning the pga you know it's like whom who am i going to beat i don't know i think <laughs> i could still beat people i was out with a bunch of students a couple of years ago right before COVID, and shot a 63 which was the lowest i've ever shot but i could shoot it 73 too so yeah it's like yeah, I shot 63 last, uh, when was it? Last Wednesday. And then we went to the back nine and I was good <laughs> after that, man. So it, it yeah. was all good. Um, we you gotta, need to be on my new program, Project Even Par, because we're helping players shoot the lowest score of their lives on a regular basis. Project well, Even Par. Maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll yeah. do that. Got a couple minutes before we go to break, Keith. We get bombarded as golfers with new technology, new balls, new everything every year. And this one will add 20 yards to your drive or an extra 15 yards to your gap wedge, whatever it is. Um, and I and I really ask this of all the pros that are on uh, the show because I, I like to get the varied answers. I put a statement and, and I think you even responded to it last week. Uh, somebody asked a question on Twitter kind of a, around that. And I said, if you've reached your maximum physical ability, it's not going to matter. Really? You can only hit the ball so far. So is it worth $700 to buy a new driver to get that other 10 yards? If, and that may be sketchy. So I want to get your take on that really quick. So this is what I tell all my students and, and for, uh, to be transparent, I'm partners with club champion. Um, but, but I've been to like, I go with my clients to the fitting, right? I warm sure. them up. I get them comfortable because they're hitting balls around people. They're not, they don't know. They're probably not comfortable with. And I will tell you this. And I tell all my clients this, look, if you don't want to spend the money, a lot of money and get a full set, you have to get a fit driver because even, at, even at my age at 57, um, Anybody else that's older that feels like they can't get any more, you know, the cool thing about club champions is we work hand in hand. They'll take somebody in for a fitting. They'll be like, hey, this person's not ready yet. You should go see Keith Jarvis. He'll help you get through some of this stuff and come back and we'll do it again. They're not a high pressure place. But but the most important thing I was going to say, um, I use TrackMan on a regular basis every day in my teaching. I have my own TrackMan. And that's a good thing about like getting fit at club champion is they use track man too. So because I go with my students and you know what, I think they really value that, that I'm not the expert at everything. I'm the golf instructor. These guys are experts at club fitting and that, and we work hand in hand. There you go. We're going to take a break. We're going to be back with Keith Jarvis right after this on grilling at the green. Please stay with us. Hey, it's JT, and this part of Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Ben Hogan Golf. Check them out online at benhogangolf.com. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green here on AM860, The Answer KSEY, uh, Golf News Network, soon to be on the new. Um, what is it? Golf News Net Radio. That's going to be part of iHeart 
It's going to have its own channel there. Growing at the Green is part of that. We're talking with Keith Jarvis today. But before we get back to Keith, I want to say thank you to the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef, Beef the Way Nature Intended, Ben Hogan Golf Tour, Quality Clubs at Factory Direct prices that's benhogangolf.com and don't forget about our folks at birdie ball john breaker and his friends back there always great to talk to john um and if you just have a limited area to practice in get yourself a box of birdie balls and hit them off your deck it works okay so keith how has covid affected your business We're kind of shifting gears here my friend so i worked at a at a fitness facility it was a golf fitness facility in oakland and um, because we did golf fitness and golf instruction when COVID first started a couple of years ago, they shut our facility down because we were considered a fitness center because we did golf fitness. Now, that wasn't the majority of the business that we did there, but because we were a golf fitness location, uh, New Jersey shut us down for almost a year. Yeah. So when the summer came around, I got smart since I had a track man. I put a big net in, my, in front of my garage door, bought a nice mat, and I started teaching outside. And I said, look, guys, anybody that wants to come outside, come to my house, take some lessons, you know, keep moving forward. We are, we're doing this, and we're happy to, you know, have you over and keep you moving forward. And if you're not comfortable with that, that's fine. You don't have to, you don't have to do it. But right now, as it stands in New Jersey, all gyms are closed. And yeah. you saw all the big controversy on, you know, on TV where guys were sleeping in their gym and the 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 uh the government came over and like ripped their one of that maybe they they boarded it up so the guys took all the boards down opened their doors so they couldn't lock the door so the government can lock the doors they slept in their gym every day <laughs> to keep it open because they were fighting against it you know yeah so um you know obviously we couldn't do anything like that but you know it was it's it was tough and now I'll, t- I'll tell you, this has been the toughest winter I've ever had because I think of because of Omicron, right? Right. Um, New York City, Bergen County, where I live, were the hardest hit by COVID in this area. So everybody up here, they're worried. They're scared. They're paranoid. Vaxxed or not vaxxed or, you know, boosted or not boosted, whatever. I, I honestly think, like, from, Chris, from, from Thanksgiving to now, like, I can't tell you the number of new clients or new things or renewals I've had. It's been, this is the weirdest winter I've had in 10 years. Maybe you ought to go down South where there's more sunshine. Yeah. Everybody says that I got a lot of friends down there. Yeah. uh, Which leads me to the, uh, the next topic here. Um, You lived in Atlanta for a long time. And when you, when you first came on the show today, you held up your crow's nest. Cup yeah. for me, which is uh, yeah. if you've not been to the Masters you, and you don't know anything about the Masters, you won't know what that is. Give but everybody a view. Give everybody a view there, Crow's Nest. So you said you only missed what seven Masters or nine Masters in like thirty years, or I've missed, I've missed seven Masters, maybe eight since ninety one, and I've lived here ten years. So do you drive down and so you can bring all the swag back or do you fly down? Well, when I'm in, when I'm in Atlanta, we used to just go, I, I worked at private clubs there. I worked at, uh, I was a head pro and director of instruction at the heritage golf club. Um, we had a lot of people that were, that were, that had tickets. Like I, I, it was a plethora of tickets. So yeah. like, I'm even taking a few guys down from up here this year. 
um, that have never been before. It's on their bucket list. So uh, got a bunch of friends in Atlanta still probably stay there, hang out. Uh, my favorite day to go is Wednesday. So probably go Wednesday, then go see a tournament round on Thursday, watch the rest of it on TV. I've been so many times, like it's still fun to go down and yeah, the swag is great, right? So you got to get some stuff and um, pro tip on fanatics they're, they've been releasing the food from the masters the last couple of years. So you get the egg salad, the pimento cheese, the barbecue, um, the chips. So watch out, watch out. If you're not a member of fanatics, which is a sports, uh, website where they sell right. hats, shirts, jerseys, blah, blah, blah. They've been releasing food from the masters the last two years. So if you can't make it to the masters, you can still get some food from there. Can you can but, um, I think I could get it FedExed in for Sunday's round when we watch it here at the They house? actually send it in before in a fro in a with some dry ice. You put it in your refrigerator and you just do it. There you go. There you I've go. had it the last two years. It's great. I have I have never been to the Masters. I've driven by and flown over Augusta many times. Yeah. Been to Atlanta many, many times. Yeah. That that is kind of a bucket list thing for me, but well, you should come with us this year. Um, it'll probably be next year. We've had some, I've had a bunch of stuff I've had to deal with this year. Um, some family things that I had to deal with. So it'll probably be next year that I could. Well, let's you know, stay in touch because we're, 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 we're doing it. Yeah. So. I've had offers, you know, I, yeah. I, of course I have a big barbecue show and there's some guys based down there in in the Augusta area. And they say, Oh yeah, come on down. Just bring money. That's all they tell yeah. you. Just bring a lot of money takes a little bit of money to get in there. Normally I can get a few tickets, but I can't get enough for, you know, 10 guys, but sure. Like I'm taking a couple of guys from up here this year. And so we'll have tickets for Wednesday. And I told them they might have to spend a little bit for Thursday, but also some really good friends of mine um, that own empire tickets have Magnolia something or other down there. It's a little VIP place uh, not too far outside the gate. So you could always, we could always get in there and have food, relax, and, you know, not have to spend the whole day inside. Now me, on the other hand, Wednesday's my day. I could care less about any other days, honestly. You just like to watch the par three? Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Everybody's relaxed. They're all having fun. The kids are out there. It's incredible. And I've, co I've been coaching a lot of kids on the, um, on the uh, uh, drive, chip, and putt, right? So right. if they get through that, they get to go to Augusta to play in the in the final. So I haven't got any finalists yet, but we're getting close. Good for you. Good for you, man. That's um you know, that's gotta be such a big thing in those little little folks' lives. You know, yep. when they when they get there and what are they, eight, nine, ten, maybe twelve at the max or something. And then I don't remember the youngest stage, but I wanna say it's might be less than that. Yeah. I've, well, I've watched it on TV and there's some yeah. tiny tykes, you might say, out there. I know. I know. It's incredible. I, I think that's great what they do there. Um, I think we're going to go ahead and take a break and we'll come back and we'll wrap up the show. And Keith's going to stick around for after hours. Right after this, you're listening to Grilling at the Green. Hi, this is Bruce Furman. I'm the director of instruction out at Langdon Farms Golf Club. And today's tip, I'm going to talk a little bit about your grip and, and your wrist positions. And most people that are average players have no clue. They just hold the club, whatever feels comfortable. But the face is the biggest determination of how the ball starts. So the, 
wherever your face is aimed at impact, that's where the ball is going to start. And then the combination of the path, meaning the direction your club is, is going, and the face, that determines how much it's going to curve. And so how you hold the club and how your wrists are when you swing back and down are very important, and you should understand what your tendencies are. And There are three basic wrist positions at the top of the swing. There's bowed wrists, and that's somebody like John Rahm or Kepka or Morikawa. They usually have what we call a combination grip, where they have a weaker left hand, and I'm talking about a right-handed player, by the way, a weaker left hand grip and a strong right hand, and that tends to bow the wrist. And There's a lot of guys doing that right now. It's not that easy to do. I don't normally recommend everybody trying to do that, but it, it does work. And then there's what's called a flat left wrist at the top, and and that's more of a neutral grip, and that would be somebody like Tiger or, or Adam Scott. And then there's a cupped wrist at the top, and that's usually from a strong grip, which means for a right-hander, the grip is to the right, or you'll see more knuckles. Somebody like Couples has that. So how your wrists are at the top and how they come down, whether you're flexing your wrists, which means bending the palm down towards your wrist, or you're extending, raising the back of the hand toward uh, your, your forearm, those things make a big difference on how that club face comes into the ball. And so you should understand that. And if you don't, you should go see a pro and uh, make sure that you understand that and match all those things up. And then you'll play a lot better golf. Thank you, Bruce. We appreciate that. You can find out more about Bruce's program down at Langdon Farms. Just go to langdonfarms.com. Check on the instruction. Scroll down. You'll see him there. And uh, he can help you out. everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. I'm JT. Today we're talking with uh, Keith Jarvis, little Doobie Brothers there music. Uh, I should say that properly, I guess. Doobie Brothers music there. How's that? You know, it's Monday. What can I tell you? It's just, it's my brain still a little scrambled from the football this weekend, which I (laughs) thought was great. You know what? I'm so disappointed because my father, who's, you know, passed away a long time ago, um, was a big Rams fan. I'm a Pittsburgh fan, but I'm watching the Rams because some other friends of mine are Rams fans. I'm from California. I'm voting for them over San Francisco, even though I was born in Sacramento. But it's a it's a tie game. And yeah. the last thing I saw was Frisco go down and kick a field goal. And I'm like, oh, crap, this game is over. Like there was, I don't know, less than a minute, maybe. So I switch over to the Chiefs game. It's tied. I'm like, oh, man, this is crazy. Yeah. And I thought San Francisco won the game. And today... I find out the Rams won the game. I, I, I'm just so mad. I can think of time. I can think of many, many times that my, my dad and I went to Dodgers games. And I'm, I've been, I'm a Cincinnati fan because it was not, when I was in Little League, I played on the Cincinnati Reds. And back in the 70s, that just happened to be the badass team. Oh, can I say that? Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. You can say um, that. So I remember a game, Dodgers in Cincinnati. 
we're at the stadium. Dodgers are killing them, right? And I and I start throwing a fit because I'm baby. I'm like, I want to go. This we're gonna lose. Ball. My dad's like, no, 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 we gotta stay. I'm not. I, I don't want to go. I want to get out of here. We're getting cremated. So we get in the car. We drive home. My dad puts on the radio. The Reds came back and won. <laughs> and I didn't stay for it. And I'm thinking the exact same. He's punishing me right now right. for not watching the end of that game. Right, right, <laughs> right. No, they were great games yesterday. and Amazing. Um, I have a, a friend who used to work in, for the same radio company I used to work for, and he was from Cincinnati. Not originally, but that's where he spent most of his adult life. And so needling him about the Bengals was always a lot of fun. You know, worst record in the NFL and all that. <laughs> yeah. So actually, yeah. he's working in Texas now. So I texted him yesterday and said, hey, Bruce, congratulations on your on your Bengals. And he, I think his hands were shaking so much he could barely, <laughs> barely respond to the text. You know, I saw some really cool posts on Twitter. Um, yeah. The last couple of days. Yeah, yeah they cool. were real. They were really good, good for them. Yeah. Yeah. So I've only you- been to one Bengals game. My brother, my younger brother lives in Kentucky and uh, we went to Cincinnati, Seattle. And I'd never been to, you know, I would never want to or ever right. be a game like that. But uh, it was it was fun. Actually. You know, I love that stuff. Oh, COVID, yeah. COVID is killing a guy like me. Like, I like to get out there. I like to go have a pizza. I like to go to the games. Like in New York City, you can't even go in to eat unless you have a passport. Right. Right. We don't have that here. Yeah. Um, there would probably be an armed rebellion out here if they tried to <laughs> tried to do that stuff. I mean, literally. I think that I think that's coming all over this country like it, soon. It may be. You never know because yeah. I think people have had enough. They just, you know, okay, you wanted to get vaxxed. We got vaxxed. Now keep going. Uh I, I I don't want to talk politics too much on the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, we don't need to do that. We don't but, need to do that. But but the um how do I want to say the management of this has been less than stellar. That's a nice way to put it. I would think. Yeah. Look for me, honestly, what it comes down to is I just want to know the truth and I want to, and to, and to know the truth, we have to hear both sides of the story. Right. You can't be kicking people off Twitter and Facebook. And I, and I hope I'm not no, no, political, yeah. but, but we have to, we have to be able to hear both sides so that we can make our own decision, like kicking people off, social media youtube facebook twitter whatever it's just not right i mean we have to we have to be able this is the united states of america we should be able to hear both sides of the story that's how we stay who we are and when and when free speech gets stifled and i know i'm probably going to get killed for this no you're fine right it's just not right it's just not right no, it's not right. It's not right. I look at uh, I look at my parents' generation. My dad uh, went across the Omaha Beach on D Day, and all that. Um, I have uncles that served there. They served in Korea. My father in law fought in Korea. My I have friends that fought in Vietnam, et cetera, et cetera. It just goes through each one. They yeah. did. They didn't go do that to come home and and have a bunch of snowflakes thrown a tantrum. And and getting you their own. Oh, we're gonna get killed on this, right? Oh yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Um, Keith's gonna stick around for after hours, and we got to get out of here because we're out of time. Keith Jarvis, Keith Jarvis Golf in uh, New Jersey. Golf Channel, Golf Channel Academy lead instructor, coach of the week. 
there you go. See, you got to do that. Um, we're going to get out of here. We'll be back next week with another edition of Grilling at the Green. Until then, uh, you know, take care, be nice to people, and have a good time. Grilling at the Green is produced by JTSD Productions, LLC, in association with Salem Media Group, all rights reserved.